our little podcast at Politics 365. Uh, obviously, with recent events in Iran, we're all very interested, uh, among many other disturbances and protests and, and uh, unrest around the world. But uh, we're very interested in Iran. Um, I saw some of the work that your group has done on this issue. You're in Washington, you're in a Washington think tank, just so everyone's aware, uh, and you've done some studying uh, on this issue and your group of researchers and experts. I really wanted to hear more about what your organization is all about and then jump into some of your work on Iran. Sure, well, thank you for having me. Uh, you know, the Gold Institute is, is I've been in, politi- in policy and most of the fellows at the Institute have been in policy for for a, a gajillion years. Uh, I've been uh, in Washington for about 20 years myself. And um, what we dis- what we really uh, saw within the think tank world, um, are you have you have these fantastic organizations with great scholars. Part of the problem that I noticed and several of my colleagues noticed as well during our in our in our policy lifetime in our previous lifetime in policy mm-hmm. was that when you have scholars uh, who study issues but have not been on the ground themselves, often what happens is you lose that practical and implementable solutions and solution sets because either you've been on the ground you know, a generation ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, or different administrations, or you've never been on the ground, but you've studied and have and earned your PhD and so on. And what happens is there creates a disconnect within from the from the strategy, from the policy to the implementation on the ground. Right. So what we did was we created an institute with no scholars and about 30 people. We have two people that I would say are scholars. And it's specifically because those two um, areas that they focus on, one is missile defense Mm -hmm. and the other is terrorism. Mm -hmm. There's not much to be on the ground for that. Um, So what we have is our our vice president of strategic affairs spent 15 years at the office of net assessment, which is a senior strategy office in the Pentagon. He became the senior strategist for the Trump National Security Council. Mm -hmm. We have members of Congress, parliament, uh, militaries, uh, generals, and so on, all from around the globe. We have eight countries represented within the Institute. So that way, when we look at foreign policy and and, and defense of Western ideas and Western civilization, you, in order to do that properly, you actually have to have the other areas for other parts of the globe represented because not only is it just a matter of 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 understanding the issues but what's more important and especially as we're going to talk about iran today what's more important than any of that is understanding the culture Hmm. and if you don't understand the culture you you're just an outsider telling someone else what to do Right. And that is very important. We see that 
We see that when 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 the Obama administration, uh, their influence in Egypt. We see that with the, with the President Biden and his handling of Afghanistan. We see that with the Bush administration uh, post uh, the fall of Saddam. We see that uh, uh, with our with our uh, um, interactions with countries like Iran. So unless you understand the culture, is very very difficult to implement or put together practical and implementable solutions. Right. Well, I really appreciate you saying that uh, because obviously, uh, as you know, Iranians are very particular about their culture uh, and especially even uh, with recent events bringing so many issues to the light of the international community, the Iranian culture would like to separate themselves from the Iranian regime. Right. That's one of very, very important. Everyone's very passionate about that. Uh, you know, that's why there's even argument about the flag and and don't call it Iran, call it the regime. You know, Iranians have been around for 7000 years as a civilization. Uh, and this 43 years will seem like a blink of an eye uh, when it's said and done. So I really appreciate you saying that, especially from you know all the years I've lived in this country. Sometimes I still feel like a foreigner, honestly. Um, but when I come to Washington, I do see an effort by an effort uh, by various folks to reach out, but their effort is superficial. Uh, but what you're doing is a very deep, integrated, matrixed approach to policy making or recommendations uh, that is based in cultural understanding, which is just essential. I really don't know why all the other groups have missed it. Uh, they all focus on the missiles and the nuclears and all the, all the tactical strategic right. stuff. They completely overlook the culture. And I hardly ever seen, I think, any government report, any CRS report, any think tank report that uh, is culturally centric. Right. Because that has a lot to do with success, as you, as you put it, or it has a lot to do with previous failures. So right. uh, tell me now about your Iran work, because I'm really interested to uh, help our audience understand uh, there's so much con confusion, concern, frustration in Washington, abroad, within the Iranian diaspora. So they're trying to figure out how can we be helpful? How can we move the needle towards, you know, a peaceful, I'm going to call it a peaceful transition of power. It may not be a peaceful transition. It may be a very violent transition of power, as you're, as you're observing. But people are just interested in what does change look like and what does your policies and recommendations how can they inform that conversation? No, absolutely. So we have there are many different facets to to what to what we see happening. Um, personally, for me personally, um, you know, we have we have about thirty people within the institute, and everybody has their areas of focus. Now, I, from my perspective as an administrator, as the president of the institute, of course, I have to you know I have my hands a little bit of everything, so it makes me a you know an a, you know a, a, a master you know I'm a you know jack of all trades, a master of none right. maybe. Um, but 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 my personally, one of the areas that I focus on directly is Iraq. Now, why do I mention that now? I, you know, when we look at when we go to Washington and we look at we look at, at at Iranian policy, our policy towards Iran, there there from an institutional perspective, there are many different facets to it. There's there's one that where where we have to pay attention and and utilize the force that's within within Iran. What we see happening on the streets today, 
Um, but yet we also have we also have external policies that we have to deal with. For example, President Biden's infatuation with an Iran nuclear deal. Um, this idea that we have to appease the, admin, the 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 regime because if we don't appease the regime, then we might lose this Iran any chance of of this Iran nuclear deal ever coming to fruition. Mm. But when we take a, but when we take a look at at at, 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 at Iran, and we want to, we want regime change. We all want regime change, and maybe from a different angles. Right. Um, but what we have to understand is is where what's Iran's uh, uh, where's their strength coming from? Right. What are they doing to to prop up their own regime economically and so on? And in many ways, that comes from outside Iran. Right. There are sanctions in Iran. How do they get around it? And what happens is there, Iran essentially has annexed Iraq. Mm. They have essentially taken control of Iraq. Mm. And, and, and when I look at, when I look at, at Washington, D.C.'s policy, Mm. which may be different than your policy. Mm. You're looking at it culturally. They're mm. looking at it from a foreign policy or militarily. Sure, and, sure. And, I, and what's important to get people to understand is you you have to address externally at the same concur at the same time as we're as we are propping up the people inside because you can't expect regime change when Iran is making money. And 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 selling oil and 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 receiving other revenues through Baghdad mm -hmm. or outside mm -hmm. Iran. Mm -hmm. So so when we look at when we when we at the institute look at things uh, for, uh, at Iran, it has to be multifaceted. Mm. So 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 from the from the institute's perspective, let me try to to bring it back down to earth here. Sure. From the institute's perspective, we're looking at things from culturally. We have a, a we have a Kurdistan program within within the institute, mm -hmm. and that covers primarily Iran and Iraq. Mm -hmm. uh, so so when when um, not long ago at the after uh, in Washington there was there was a candlelight vigil that I spoke at. Mm -hmm. um, it was commemorating forty days. Uh, since the passing of uh, of Gina Amini or right. uh, yeah, Masa Gina Amini, right. depending on who, which which uh, uh, group of people we're talking to here, hmm. uh, and uh, so there had and, and what was important about that is getting people within the policy world of Washington to understand what it is that's toppling that that will topple this regime. It is not Joe Biden making a statement saying that we stand with the regime until of course the regime tells him that that was too controversial you can't mm. say that anymore which is why he hasn't said anything since what the beginning of of november right um, um it, we have to understand that that the the toppling of this regime will come from the people not not the 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 leadership right that's very important um, but additionally, it's also important for 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 lawmakers to understand that 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 
yes, sanctions may or may not work, depending on, on, on your viewpoint on that. I typically mm-hmm. am skeptical about sanctions mm-hmm. as end-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. But we also have to address what is how is Iran circumventing those those um, uh, uh, sanctions, which is why I believe the sanctions rarely work, because right. there's always a way around it. Right. Take a look at what's happening in Russia, and right. what and with 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 Russia, we see that uh, that there's always somebody, India and so right. on, China, India, that that are willing to circumvent any sanctions that may be put on mm-hmm. on them. So so from our from the institute's perspective, we look at it as a multifaceted. Uh, uh, policy. We have to be able to walk and chew gum and scratch our ear at the same time, mm-hmm. and that's that. That only if once lawmakers understand that, will we um, m- make that change or help facilitate that change. Right. In my humble opinion, I believe that a new Congress, even if it's only a House of Representatives, in this specific arena, will help in a big way. Right. No, thank you. That that's I think very insightful, um, and I think most people don't recognize that. And certainly in the Iranian diaspora, they understand Iran's um, uh, reach across the region, but the integrated um, kind of economies uh, of Iraq and Iran, or, or the or the sanctioned economies of Iran, and how it's kind of leveraging Iraq to its favor, um, that makes sense. Uh, and I think it's it's uh, it's a nuanced approach, even though Iranians would like always think of themselves as separate from any other country on the planet. Uh, the way this regime has integrated and and matrixed its its uh, its uh, corrupt uh, economic platform means that you're not going to just be able to you know do things in a singular kind of narrow way. You have to have a matrixed approach to it. No, that makes sense. And I, I'm hopeful that the new, uh, not the new administration, but the new uh, house uh, can come to some terms. I, I fear that Ukraine and other pressing matters of state will distract uh, this administration for a while. But uh, the people's movement, the revolution that's unfolding as we speak, uh, doesn't have a lifespan of five or 10 years or the election cycle of American politics. Uh, it has the lifespan that these people under extreme circumstances that are striking, they have no money, the economy's in shambles. Uh, you know, just the poorest people in the country are striking and carrying the weight of this revolution, which is just enormous. Truck drivers, unions, teachers, students. Uh, so uh, what I'm concerned about, and I'd like to know your opinion, what is the, even with the new Congress coming in, what is what does the next twelve months look like? It, it's you know it's 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 really difficult to it's really difficult to tell. Um, this is something that uh, you know there have been protests over the years in, in, in Iran. Um, right. However, this is going to be a uh, this is the, this protest is tied to not to the economy, not right. to food. This is personal freedoms, personal liberties. You know, we see we see similar protests happening right now in in China. Mm-hmm. the 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 difference The difference between China and, and and Iran is that that while the 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 poorest are hurting and taking the brunt of this of these uh, of this 
shift of this of this um, revolution. I'm going to call it a revolution, which sure. is what it is. Sure. Um, uh, the, the 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 Iranian regime, the leadership, doesn't have the luxury that China does. China's wealthy, relatively right. speaking. Uh, um, uh, Iran is not. Right. So the question. So 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 to me. What 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 the the Iranian diaspora needs to really be able to articulate is quite frankly, what is it aside from aside from the cultural issues aside why are we standing up why are we protesting um, is is really understanding and, and and being able to articulate to other people how is it that the that the Iranian uh, regime is still eating. Right. If all of if we have all of these the, these sanctions, how is it that 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 Iran uh, is still has money to keep some of the lights on? Right. And here's and, and I'm going to go back to I'm going to go back to Iraq for a moment because I think that this is that this is hugely important because that is the lifeblood of this regime at this present moment in in my estimation. And when I talk to people, when I talk to, to, to members of Congress or members of Parliament and so on, where as we try to to get to engage policymakers uh, across the West in particular, um, what's important to understand is that what Iran is doing in Iraq is no different than what 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 Russia is doing to Ukraine. Mm. The only reason why we care more about there are two reasons why we care more about what's happening in Ukraine and Russia with Russia and Ukraine mm -hmm. than we do in Iran and Iraq is number one because this administration it wants to keep that the hopes of an Iran nuclear deal alive. Mm -hmm. We've already covered that. Mm -hmm. But what's important is that 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 Iran has invaded. Iraq, exactly the same. The difference is that they've done it not diplomatically, but bureaucratically, mm. as opposed to using bombs. And yeah, mm. we do see the the occasional missile going back and forth, but mm. but it's not bombs, but but bureaucratically. So in Ukraine, I turn on the television. There's rubble in the mm. streets. We see this building that fell down. Right. So I can I can appreciate that. Right. But 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 the regime has taken control of of parliament. They have taken control of the 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 the, um, the the presidency. They have taken control of the well. They've taken control of parliament, which is why they haven't really been able to put together a form any true government. And they've taken control of the Supreme Court, which is hugely important. Mm. And the reason why this is important, like I said before is because this is where they get their money from to, mm. buy, to circumvent the the um, any sanctions that are mm. that are levied upon them. Mm. So I mean I think right on uh, first of all I think the Iranian diaspora and a lot of human rights activists around the world have always been against uh, the Iran deal but now it is like a hell no uh, type of position uh, and no one wants to appease this regime they've had it uh, and and they feel like this Iran deal would give them a lifeline that just uh, so unfair to the Iranian people. So I hope that thing dies a slow death somewhere else uh, and, and and another um, uh, opportunity 
for regime change is cultivated either in Washington or abroad. But I think you bring up a very good point, Iraq and the bureaucracy. Uh, I look at it as a good and bad thing. I, I think it's the reality. We've always known Iran has had increasing influence in Iraq. But to me, that gives uh, a back door for the regime to escape to. <laughs> right? I mean, because I've always looked at this, look, where are you going to put all these people? I mean, the regime and people say, get rid of these people. I go, where are they going to go? There, they could, there could be a million or two or more. There's several million Besiges. There's all these revolutions. You know, even if you, you disown them, where are you going to deport? They're not, they didn't invade. They're Iranians. We don't like it, but they call themselves Iranians. We don't feel like they share any of our cultural identity the way they have been uh, putting down uh, their own people. Uh, or importing mercenaries from Iraq or Afghanistan to kill and rape and and uh, torture their own people. They, I, I feel like they've lost their Iranian identity. They're no longer Iranians. So if they have some uh, connection to Iraq, <laughs> I say let them go. <laughs> and, and then that gives. Uh, I don't them... know that the Iraqis will like that. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure they wouldn't. I mean, but but they, one of the conversations that's happening in the community is where are they going to go? Because they said, you know, somewhere where, where there's no extradition. You know, so all their crimes against humanity, all the billions they've stolen and pillaged. You know, Iran is actually a wealthy country, but the way these guys have been running it, uh, and that's why you know they they have no money to, they haven't built a single hospital. The the kids are, I mean, it's it's very much a third world country. The way these uh, deficient public administrators and Iranian bureaucrats uh, have only taken care of themselves and the uh, elite and completely abandoned uh, the great majority of Iranians. And that's what they're really, apart from their the, the, the Mahsa Amini reaction, they're also rebelling against their economic conditions. Uh, no opportunity, no education, no business opportunity, unless you're part of the regime. That's right. really 43 years of that, they just had it. And that trigger, uh, which was a horrible incident, that just caused it. 43 years of frustration to just erupt. And the the what's unique about this instance is that it's such an integrated part of Iranian uh, community. Every aspect of Iranian culture is rebelling, which is on you, including their own, including some of the regime's own, uh, uh, not critics, but people that are trying to find the, uh, the regime accountable uh, from education to economy to jobs. They're having yelling fests at, at Iranian parliaments Right. between the Kurdistan and Baluch representatives and the Majid. So there are cracks, there are fissions happening within the regime. Uh, will it unfold or unravel in the next 12 months? Your guess is as good as mine. I hope it does. And if they if they quietly escape to their uh, whatever they have in, <laughs> hidden in Iraq, uh, they, maybe they feel they have a favorable government uh, that won't uh, prosecute them or turn them back over to your Iranians. Right. What do you think? I mean, in kind of parting uh, thoughts, uh, where do you see kind of how this coming together? Well, I, you know, I, I think that there's great opportunity here. Um, and and what we need to do as as policymakers, as well as what I'll call civilians, people, right. just people who want to get involved, yeah. is we have, let, let, let's take a look. Let's take a look at, at what's happened 
um, over the past 10, 10 years or so, um, or even uh, or even more recently. You take a look at take a look at at, at the dynamics within within Iran, as you just as you just articulated yourself. You, you, this started out with within within the Kurdistan region, uh, um, this young Kurdish woman and, and so on. Um, and, and, and it's really grown. But what's more, what, what, what is so telling is that it has grown so significantly that, that Iranians themselves is not just the Kurdish issue, but this is, this is going through the entire country, just about the entire country. Um, you have uh, protests. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of people. This is not, or more, this is not a, you know, a, a small band of brothers that, right. that happens to be doing this. Um, What's also important to 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 under, to, to know and, and really discuss is not only is it is it the young people that are protesting it's older people it is also the members of the IRGC not many members of the IRGC and the police who are going and and putting out videos they're going on video with their face shown saying do not calling to their own brothers uh, uh, in arms. Do not shoot and and, and right. fire on these people. Right, it's important. Now, the reason why I say that 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 we can learn from that, and as we look throughout his throughout recent history, uh, is because that's exactly what happened in Egypt. Right. In Egypt, the people came to came uh, to the streets and they overthrew Mubarak. Now, uh, unfortunately, the only organized group of people uh, to take uh, to take the leadership was the Muslim Brotherhood. Mm. And the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, in fact, um, uh, uh, Mohammed Morsi took control of the, of, of the, uh, um, of the government. Mm. And he was, well, he was elected in the, for the role. And he had um, chosen um, as, as to head the military as a field marshal, uh, 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 LCC, so Field Marshal uh, Marshal LCC, because because President, well now President LCC or President CC is now the the uh, he is very 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 um, religious, and Mohammed Morsi assumed that he can count on him. Hmm. The people, after a short period of time, when people are dying, the food situation is not getting any better. People are being killed. Uh, there are bombings and so on. The people came to the street once again, and uh, and uh, Mohammed Morsi called up Field Marshal El Sisi and said, "Kill the protesters, fire mm. on the protesters." Mm. And at that point in time, President Sisi or Field Marshal Sisi said, "said No, we mm. are not doing that. These mm. these are legitimate protests. I'm not going out and mm. killing our own people." I mm. mean, this is just like Iran mm. has been there for seven thousand years. Egypt mm. has been at the, the dawn of civilization, and mm. it's always been Egypt. It's never mm. been something else. Mm. Same thing in 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 in, uh, mm. in the uh, in Iran, mm. and and what happened in a short order? There was regime change. Mm. Depending if you like presidencies or you don't, whether you call it a coup or not, it, mm. in my opinion, it was not a coup. There were, mm. uh, you know, the protocols were followed. The Supreme Court justice uh, that uh, took control, it became president, as it says in the law. And then there were elections, and President Sisi won because uh, if the people liked him, 
as in they didn't he didn't kill him. So right. they, they saw a true leader. If they can do that in if they can do that in in in, in Egypt, the Iranian people themselves uh, can do that in Iran. We have to provide the the necessary support to the people. It's not. This isn't the situation where where we have to create regime change. Right. We're not creating. The U.S. isn't creating regime change. Yeah. If we do, it's going to be a disaster. Take yeah. a look at all the other countries. Yeah, and, and nobody right. wants that. You're right. Nobody wants that. You're right. But we have to say, look, it's been done before. Right. It can be done again. Right. Just give us the support that we need. And if you're not willing to give us the support. Don't stand in our, in our way. way, right? And, no, that's and a, with that, we'll we'll see regime change within a matter of six months. That I hope so. Uh, you know, the one thing I, of course, we've all looked at those instances, and and whether you call it a bloodless coup or a military coup or just a, a proper transition of power, um, you know, it, that moment that you described with CC, uh, even though CC has his many many critics, uh, for whatever reason, that to me. Uh, shows a moment of integrity and honor. Correct. We hope that the Revolutionary Guard can find those qualities, but nobody in Iran really trusts that group to find that moment of honor and integrity to say, you know what? My job is to protect the people, not a cult leader. Uh, and that's really what the difference is between Iran and some of the other you know, countries and examples of, uh, of coup d'etats that have happened. Um, so far, as much as there are cracks under pressure and, like, as you said, videos and things emerging, leaking from uh, the guards, uh, no one has seen a, a quality, uh, an, an honorable person to say, you know what, I'm with the people. Uh, and that's really the toughest mountain to climb. I know it seems insurmountable. Uh, it may come from the lower ranks or middle management. It may not come from the top because the top has millions invested, and they know if that they you know that uh, they may not come out of this in one piece, uh, no matter what they do. So they're fighting for their life right now by just oppressing people even more. So whether it's from the bottom up, kind of uh, within the ranks and slowly departure and unraveling, I think that may be. I don't know. That may be more likely than. Uh, uh, honorable moment at the top because nobody has seen such a quality yet. Yeah, no, I, I would uh, I would agree with you on that. I would even if there was somebody that appeared from within the regime in the regime, meaning you know at all at large, you know, with right. the, whether it's the the IRGC or, or so or anywhere else, I would be skeptical about that. Right. Um, I would be. I mean, unless unless he came out, uh, unless it was a, a you know a real Jesus moment where he right. came out, and it was clear as day that right. he's walking on water. It's not. It, it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trust anyone right. there. I, all I meant was that this is that, that just like there, it came. You saw some leadership. You saw right. someone actually stand up and 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 and, and say, right. "I will not. I will not do that." Um, it must again come from the people, which it appears as though it will. Whether right. you know, and and whether it's uh, someone who's currently in Iran or not, it's you know that 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 individual will show him or herself. Right. Um, how great would it be if it was a her under the <laughs> transition from a re from this regime to a but. I, I think right. that there's a great opportunity. I think that we haven't seen a, a, a revolution 
like this in Iran in, uh, in ever. Right, ever. Uh, and I think that right. this is this is going to be the opportunity. Now, the question I will the the question I will pose to U.S. leadership is: Are we willing to stand and make our name, our or our legacy, leave mm. our legacy? as the the guy or people who stood with the regime right or stood with the women of uh, of right. iran right and at large the people of iran um and me uh, is that going to be our name are we we stand here in the united states for women's rights and right. and that's our thing women's right. rights the glass ceilings and so on right. are we willing to stand for the masa aminis of of iran or the regime that's a question that we pose to the people I mean, to the leadership. Excellent uh, closing argument, uh, Ellie Gold from the Gold Institute for International Strategies in Washington, D.C. Thank you so much for your time, for your insights. Let's keep talking because Iran's not going to go away. Uh, and I don't think this uh, revolution is going to go away. Uh, I pray and hope that the people of Iran will find uh, their peace and their joy that they so well deserve. And that, as you put it, the administration will stand with the people of Iran uh, once and for all and forever, uh, uh, because that's really who we are as as Americans on this side of the fence. That's who; those are the qualities that we embrace. We should embrace the same qualities in the Iranian people. Thank you for having me. It was a Thanks pleasure. so much. Thanks, Ali.